Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a great show for you. We're going to talk about one of the worst weeds there is in the world, unfortunately. It is pigweed. So whether we're talking palmer pigweed, water hemp, number of different pigweed species, I have great news for you today. You can absolutely control them on your farm. We're going to talk about how during the show. If you've got any questions for us or if there's anything you'd like to talk to us about, anything going on in your farm, our number here is 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You can email us, radio at agphd.com, or send us a note on Twitter, agphdmedia, Darren Hefty or Brian Hefty. Well, we are live in the Morton studio today, and I guess I'll just start off by saying this. With pigweeds, we typically have the most calls about pigweed control in soybeans. And it starts, if you want to have great weed control, it starts with using three different effective modes of action pre-emerge. Now, if you want to use one, you want to use two, you can certainly do that. We have more options today in soybeans post-emerge than we've ever had before. But still, pigweed is so bad. It's such a terrible yield robber, especially when you consider a water hemp or a palmer pigweed plant can put on a million seeds per plant. Just think about that. Only a few plants go to seed. you got a disaster out there for the next five years. So you want to get them under control. You want to do a great job. Use three effective modes of action pre and you're in good shape. So usually we're talking about a yellow, a PPO, and metribuzin. You put down a yellow, a PPO, either Valor or Authority, and metribuzin, you're in good shape. Typically, 99% of the pigweeds are controlled or more, and now you can clean the rest up post-emerge. You know, getting those products activated too is important, Brian, and it takes a little bit of moisture. And I think here's where our industry has done a little bit of a disservice. There's so many products and one will say, well, it takes an inch of moisture and our product is 100% activated. Is that always true? I don't know. Maybe maybe an inch is enough in whoa, all whoa, soil whoa, whoa. types. It is not always true. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. there's no way. It, it's there's going to be differences then so one one company says an inch so the next company says well ours only takes a half an inch and now i've even heard some companies saying we only need a quarter inch of rainfall well we got a quarter inch of rainfall last night and i'll guarantee if you had a pre-emerge herbicide out there it's not fully activated it just isn't we we need a little more moisture than that and and we need that product to get down you know depending on if you laid it on top it may need enough moisture to get down into the soil and then to get activated too yeah and I get that, but you know the biggest concern that I have is just people are using one or two modes of action, not three. And it doesn't cost that much money. I mean, you can get three effective modes of action out there and the proper rates for 15 bucks. If you're using trifluralin, that costs about four bucks. Valor or Authority, you're probably going to spend in the range of six to nine dollars. And by the way, like with uh, the rebate programs that are out there, they're massive. They help you cut the cost. And then Metribuzin, you know, depending on what rate you need, if you want the one third of a pound rate we usually talk about in the lower pH soils, or the sixth of a pound or eighth of a pound rate we talk about in the high pH soils, you know, you're going to spend in the range of two to five dollars. So it, it's not like it's that much money. Grand total, you're going to spend similar money to what one shot of Cobra would be post-emerge. And I ask you, would you rather have Cobra one shot for weed control, or would you rather have three effective modes of action pre-emerge? Which one do you think is going to do better? 
Okay, it's not even close. Just use the three pre's and you're so much better off. And let me let me phrase it to you this way. Because chances are in your farm, you're already using one or two modes of action. Most people are using two. Okay, so to, to get two modes of action out there, most people are spending 10 bucks. All right, so what's the difference between two modes of action and three? Well, it's about an extra in the in the range, and it again all depends on which mode of action you're leaving out, but in the range of two to five bucks. Okay, so you're going to spend two to five bucks more and get just a little bit more weed control, a little more residual, and it's possible because you do that, instead of having to spray twice or even three times post, you can cut one of your post-emerge applications. Just think about even the cost to run over the field and the difference that you're going to spend there. So all I'm getting at here is we just really encourage you, start with that great pre-program. And yes, I, I know post-emerge, we have these additional options today like Enlist or Extend, Liberty. I mean, that's great. I'm super happy that we have those choices. But that shouldn't mean we're going to cut back on pre's. Because again, those post options, they cost some money too. So let's not forget that, number one. And number two, with the post-merge options, they don't have the residual that you're going to get out of those pre's. Out of those pre's, you should expect real good control for at least 60 days, maybe more. You know, the, the biggest thing here, Brian, is just being aware of what's working and what's not. And rather than going out with one product and figuring out it's not going to work, having multiple modes of action and whatever you're doing around pigweed is important. When we travel the country, it's been, been interesting. No matter where we go, somebody will say, hey, have you heard about that pigweed is now resistant to this chemistry in our area or that chemistry over there. And you're right. It's, it's a constantly evolving thing. So let's not get caught in a situation where we're just relying on one thing. And I think the most overused product that is still effective has been Liberty. And I love Liberty. It works great. I just don't want to lose it. And we just keep using it all by itself. And I, I know when I say that, growers will say, no, no, I'm mixing Roundup with it. I'm like, okay, why aren't you spraying Roundup alone? Well, Roundup doesn't work. Well, if Roundup doesn't work and you're adding that in with Liberty, you still just have one effective mode of action. So do keep that in mind. I'm really excited about uh, the Enlist E3 soybeans. I'm really excited about the Extend Flex soybeans that will be coming hopefully uh, late spring into 2021 for a full launch. I think it's going to be great when we've got other effective modes of action that we can tank mix in there, but we still do right now. I talked to a lot of growers that are putting Femesifen or Flexstar Reflex, those those chemistries in with Liberty, and they're saying even a you know reasonably small rate of Femesifen is really heating up that Liberty, and it's working quite well. Something you may consider going into this next year. We're going to talk about some different strategies for pigweed control in various crops. We'll also be taking your calls and questions throughout the show at 844-44-AG-PHD. Stay tuned. A pasture should have two things, grass and cattle. No weeds, no brush. That's why Chaparral Herbicide offers the broadest spectrum weed control available. It controls weeds other products can miss, like buckbrush and Canada thistle. And less weeds and brush in your pastures means more forage, so you spend less on feed. Chaparral also suppresses seed heads, lessening the effects of fescue toxicosis, all while providing season-long residual control. Visit NoWeedsNoBrush.com today and learn more about Chaparral. Build with the best. 
When you choose Morton Buildings for your next farm storage building, you'll experience the Morton Advantage at every step, starting before the walls even go up. Since the value of our buildings is in its ability to protect what you have stored inside, we ensure that every component is researched and tested to withstand the elements in all weather conditions. And we back it up with the strongest warranty in the business. Looks better, built stronger, lasts longer. Learn more at mortonbuildings.com. Every farmer knows there are lots of steps to having a perfect season. Don't let your fertilizer plan be the step that trips you up. For over 35 years, AgroLiquid has had the experts and the products that'll help you move closer to your target. No matter when you apply fertilizer, no matter how, you'll hit the bullseye. AgroLiquid can help you increase yields and crop quality. To learn more, go to agroliquid.com. AgroLiquid moves you closer to your target. Record bankruptcies and extreme weather. The two biggest threats facing farming today but what if instead of trying to solve these issues separately, we asked how these issues could solve each other? Introducing Indigo Carbon, the first program that pays farmers to remove carbon from the air. Good news for farmers and for the planet. Visit indigoag.com grow to learn more. Indigo, from questions we grow. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. And our topic is pigweed control. And wow, if we can just get this one 100% figured out, we got something, right? Well, we do have it figured out. We, we're just going to need to be really diligent all through the year and, and make the right choices at, at every opportunity to, that we possibly can. I got a friend, Wally West, with us right now with Syngenta. And Wally, pigweed's been something you've been fighting your whole life, too. And uh, I'm sure you've learned a lot here the last few years. Yeah, yes, I have. Uh, just continues to be a, a focus weed in our world and across majority of the corn belt absolutely you know what's interesting uh back when roundup ready crops first came out there was kind of a, a slowdown period there where we didn't see a whole lot of new chemistries because roundup was cheap it was working quite well but uh, fortunately there have been some companies that have continued investing in research and and uh, are bringing new products out i know with syngenta you've got a number of new products that have come out over the years what are you finding for strategies uh, let's talk about corn first of all because a lot of guys say well i got to do a great job on pigweed and corn that way i can rotate to some of these broadleaf crops yeah, excellent question as always. Um, certainly thinking about corn, the, the two-pass two pass programs uh, continue to be the most effective. You know, running a, a strong multi-effective residual pre-down, something like Acuron or Acuron Flexi, and then following it with a multi-effective mode of action post with good crop safety, um, also like Acuron, Acuron Flexi. That's probably our lead program um, the past couple of years and uh, going forward at the a two-pass Acuron program, and obviously adding in in glyphosate where needed for weeds that are still uh, the glyphosate is still effective on. Um, tough, tough to control uh, weeds in a burn-down situation. Adding in gramoxone is certainly a good option. So, you know, bottom line is we've got the tools. So your word diligence is right on the money. Uh, we just have to stay on top of our weed pressures, especially coming out of a, a bit more challenging year. Not a bit more, but a substantially more challenging year like uh, 2019 going into 2020, uh, diligence is certainly the word of the day. 
Yeah, it's going to be some weed pressure coming out of some of these prevent plant acres too. There were some that were so wet that guys just couldn't even get yeah. back out in there, and that's that's certainly going to make things tough. Now, you mentioned with the Acuron products doing kind of a split approach rather than putting it all out in one shot, saving some for the post-emerge application. I've seen a lot of guys doing that with good success. Uh, what's the difference between those two programs? What What do you notice out there? Well, it follows the, the concept of overlapping residuals, um, where we put some some out early to get good good. Uh, when you think about a reduced rate, I'm not a, not a big fan of reduced rate, and ultimately we're getting the correct rate out on the acre. We're just doing it in two passes. That's uh, one of the key messages for for 2020 and beyond, uh, fighting some of these heavy pressures, and, and specifically with water hemp is I recommend anyone that'll listen to stay at the high end of the rate ranges. You know, almost any any crop protection product has a rate range uh, when we're dealing with heavier pressures in a, in a tougher environment. Um, staying at the high end of the rate range is certainly important. So something in our part of the world of running, um, you know, eastern South Dakota, western Minnesota, running a quarter and a quarter of Acuron followed by a quarter and a quarter of, an a- of Acuron that gets the full rate out there. It's just a, a split application approach of, of pre and post. Now, I'm gonna, uh, those they're typically the most uh, most clean and, and highest yielding field. I want to ask you a question because Brian a lot of times makes the comment he doesn't see a whole lot of difference between water hemp and Palmer pigweed. They both dye the same, use the same products. Do you make any different recommendation because it's Palmer, or is it basically the same recommendations? I uh, boy, my experience with Palmer is 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 indirect from my my coworkers and, and those around me. Fortunately, and part of the world I cover, we're not dealing with Palmer, but I do have a good grasp on on uh, what some of the strategies are. The the big one is to get a full rate of a pre out there. This would be the exception of the rule I just gave you a minute ago on on split applying. Uh, get a full rate. Uh, the best time to control Palmer's ever is before it comes out of the ground. Um, HPPDs in, in particular are uh, can continue to be very effective on, on Palmer management. Uh, you know, the post pass with some of the auxins is certainly good. You know, a, a 2,4-D or or a dicamba type, probably a dicamba type product in corn, as opposed to getting that in the post pass. Um, that it feels like that is the best strategy for Palmer. But the number one, uh, start strong, uh, get a good, good multi-effective mode of action pre out there at a good high, or good uh, uh, higher end of the labeled rate range is the way to go for for better management of Palmer. I love one thing in that too, Wally, is that you said the best way to control it is never see it make it out of the ground. Couldn't agree more. I've been talking with Wally West with Syngenta. Wally, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. You bet, Darren. As always, thank you. Take care. Got Nick Husteady with us right now with FMC. Nick, uh, you know, we, we talked a little about corn there. I want to talk about soybeans, too, in terms of weed control. And look at the eastern corn belt in Illinois, Indiana, a lot of the territory that, that you're running. Uh, certainly seeing a lot of pressure from the pigweed. What are you finding that works pretty well? Yeah, it's good to talk with you again, Darren. Um, just like Wally mentioned, we're coming off quite a few prevent plant acres this, this past season. So that's going to saturate the soil seed bank quickly. Uh, of course, we're rotating the soybeans on some of those acres and I'm really going to echo uh, Wally as well in the importance of overlapping residuals. Uh, so we want mo- multiple modes of action out there, effective use rates. So, you know, in terms of what we typically recommend and authority product down, a lot of that's going to depend upon your weed spectrum. So if you have more large seeded broadleaf pressure, you know, we've got kind of a, a broad portfolio as it relates to authority products where we can pick a material that's going to work on that spectrum 
and then we're going to come in early post, uh, typically in that V1 to V3 range with the Anthem Max treatment in a tank mixture with uh, an oxen-based chemistry or, or Liberty or whatever that grower might be using. You know, I like that you named growth stages for that post-emerge pass. And what I find too often is seeing growers wanting to push that as long as they can back because, well, hey, I want to make sure I get crop canopy closure very quickly after I make that last application. But the problem is the weeds get so big and we're just asking, I feel like anyway, we're asking too much out of these post-emerge products. Yeah, especially as it relates to, you know, some of the newer technologies that we're using you know, as it relates to oxygen chemistries, weed height at the time of application is so critical. So need to be four inches or less, and these pigweeds can grow, you know, an inch, maybe two inches per day in the case of Palmer. So really it's a narrow window when we're trying to control those plants that are up. And really what we focus on is controlling them when they're seeds, not weeds, and getting that overlapping residual treatment out there before the next flush emerges. You know, one thing that we noticed in 2019 for growers that happened to get beans in relatively close to on time, it seemed like a very slow canopy development year with cooler temperatures through much of the early growing season. We, we talked to farmers uh, really all over the country saying, man, my beans, I don't know if they're going to canopy. And, and fortunately, they did eventually. But when we have a late canopy, it's it's really critical we get those residuals down early that, that can get us to canopy canopy yeah so we're really focused on that 14 to 21 day um after planting time frame for that overlapping residual treatment and it's particularly important when we're in 30 intros because we're going to get that canopy closure that much slower um so when we get in situations where we've got wider row spacing you know we certainly don't want to skimp on the rate at any time but that's a scenario where we've got to have those full rates out there to get us to canopy all right. How about in the late planting this year? What did what did you notice in terms of weed control? I, I talked to a lot of farmers that said, well, one thing about this, we're planting the first week of June, but at least we got to till under that first flush or maybe even first couple flushes of weeds. It didn't seem to me like it really reduced the weed pressure later, but did you notice anything different? So we did have folks that kind of had their plan A, and that was pre followed by post residual and Plan A kind of went out the window as related to all the precipitation that we had. And when they could get in there and plant, the field was ready, they planted. And we had weeds and um, the crop basically emerging at the same time. And it continued to rain after we got in. So it really made it difficult to come in and apply those post chemistries in a timely manner. We noticed quite a few escapes from, you know, whether it was a liberty-based program or an auction-based program. And it's nothing... You know, not not downplaying that chemistry by any means. It was just a function of weed height. So they were going out there and trying to control these 12 to 18 inch tall water hemp plants. And it's just real tough to do. Yep, it certainly is. Uh, Nick, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. I've been talking with Nick Hustedy with FMC. Uh, Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate the opportunity. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're talking about pigweed on our show today, and we'll be right back after this. Revitech fungicide from BASF has been specifically developed for the selective soybean grower who doesn't compromise. If you think good is good enough, if you're okay with just achieving rather than overachieving, if average is your goal, this is not the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide, brand new chemistry, 
Three no-excuse modes of action, zero modes of compromise. Sounds like the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide from BASF. That's smart. Always read and follow label directions. Are you combining around weed patches, waiting for weeds to dry down, or tired of spring burndown failures? Save time, nutrients, and moisture by including a Valor herbicide brand in your fall burndown program. Valor provides excellent residual control of tough weeds, including kochia, mare's tail, prickly lettuce, dandelion, plus suppression of bromes. Proactive, effective weed resistance management starts in the fall. Get a clean start for your next season with Valor herbicide brands. Always read and follow label directions. Want to cut production costs without losing yield? Brian Ryberg from Buffalo Lake, Minnesota has done just that. Here's his story. We began using a soil warrior in our farm the fall of 2014. We've seen many benefits from better water infiltration, a lot less hours on equipment, fuel, able to reduce our fertilizer side, so it's really simplified our operation. See what makes Soil Warrior different and better at SoilWarrior.com. The last thing you want after harvesting your grain is to spoil it before it goes to market. The Grain Temp Guard from Farm Shop MFG is a low-cost bin monitoring solution that tracks temperature and humidity and alerts you when conditions exceed safe thresholds. Visit farmshopmfg.com. Avoid dry run failures with the new Hypro Force Field Pump. Providing the ultimate protection, this wet seal pump will save you on costly in-season downtime to keep your sprayer running. Now all you have to worry about is the weather. Hypro, helping you spray better. If you're a rancher who's obsessed with keeping your pastures clear, turn to Grace on Next Herbicide. It offers superior broadleaf weed control, so instead of thinking about weeds, you can think about the money you'll save growing more grass and buying less feed. Used early in the season, Graze on Next also provides residual activity that controls newly emerged weed seedlings, giving you season-long control. Start enhancing your land while you protect it. Visit LeaveTheWeedsToUs.com to learn more about Graze on Next. Always read and follow label directions. Bean growers continue to see yield loss from white mold across the Midwest this season. To maximize next year's crop, a white mold prevention strategy that includes Contans WG Soil Fungicide is a must for your farming operation. Applying Contans this fall to reduce the sclerotia in the soil is the most effective way to stop white mold at its source. Start a Contans white mold control strategy this fall or pay for it later in lost yield. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today, and our topic is pigweed control. Our phone lines will be open throughout the show at 844-44-AG-PHD. You can email us a question, radio at agphd.com, or find us on Twitter, Media, Brian Hefty, or Darren Hefty. Let's get back to the pigweed discussion here. we got Eric Ott with us right now with Valent. He's over in Indiana. Eric, thanks for joining us. Hi, glad to be here. Oh, we're so glad to get you online because I heard you have all the answers, so pigweed will never be a challenge for anybody <laughs> anymore, right? <laughs> well, I, I wish I did. I have some, but uh, that's a weed that keeps on changing. Yeah, and I think, you know, if we only had to control it within our fence lines and, all right, in between the fences, out in the middle of the field, can we control it? Yes. But we got the ditches, we've got neighboring fields, we've got prevent plant acres in our neighborhood too. I mean, there's all these other situations where even if we do a great job, there's probably still more coming. Yes, right. Yes, that 
that definitely makes it a challenge, especially in this challenging year. You know, when when we think about pigweed, I guess we've been talking a little bit about using the pre-emerge strategies, and there are a number of guys that got fall treatments out this year and are also still doing some fall treatments. Uh, Valor is probably one of the more popular products I hear about. I hear about a lot of Valor and 2,4-D or Valor and Dicamba combinations going out in the fall. What kind of impact does that have on the spring uh, residual that we're going to see on something like pigweed, and how would you tailor a spring program if somebody's also using uh, these modes of actions in the fall? Right, good, good question. So, from a from a fall applied standpoint, uh, at least uh, well further south than where you are, I don't uh, like to uh, say that a fall application is going to control pigweed much, uh, but that goes to your uh, next point of uh, spring applications of uh, herbicides. I like uh, how you guys talk about you using the three pre's. Uh, I, I really like that the uh, multiple effective modes of action uh, at the pre-emergence timing at the full rates, such as like a fierce or a fierce MTZ uh, really sets uh, that field up for uh, the best possible uh, scenario for uh, water hemp or polymer or whatever pigweed control that you may encounter. Yeah, you mentioned Fierce MTZ, and I, I love that you've got one package like that where all three modes of action are, are in one purchase. You don't have to buy multiple things or carry all these different things out to the field. We see that the combination that's in Fierce really heat things up on the weeds. Uh, what is it about that combo that makes it uh, seemingly hotter than either one of the two active ingredients in Fierce on its own? Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, the metribuzin, I, you know, even though at the rate it is at in that fierce MTZ, it, it, I think it's very complimentary of the fierce, the, the pyroxysulfone and the, the valor portions as well. So it, it really, uh, gives you three effective modes of action. You know, the, the flumiaxin is one that has been out for a while. It's been highly effective, and, and I love that you're pairing it up with, with other modes of action uh, to try and get this under control. It's been, it's been a great strategy from the get-go. Uh, when we look at, at post-emerge, I know people have leaned on Cobra for many years, but to me, I think the product, for some reason, got twisted in the market where farmers thought, you know what, I've got two-foot-tall weeds, this is my desperation Hail Mary, rather than this is my early post to kill two- to four-inch-tall weeds. Uh, how do we turn that table back? Right, that's, that's a, yeah, a good question. And uh, I think with some of the issues that we've had uh, with, some of the other uh, broad-spectrum post-emergence herbicides, I think we need to just recalibrate what what three- to four-inch tall weeds are and, uh, yeah, focusing in on that 28 to 35 days after planting window for any post-emergence and even post-emergence in-crop residual. 
Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I remember back when I was a young agronomist, they'd often bring a pop can to to different meetings and say, "Look, you see the pop can? It can never be taller than that." Unfortunately, I think people are drinking out of too many twenty ounce bottles that are quite a bit taller, uh, and we've, we've lost our frame of reference. Uh, we're talking with Eric right. Ott with Valent in Indiana. Eric, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Thank you. Let's head down to Georgia. We've got Eric Prasco with us with the University of Georgia Extension. Eric, thanks for joining us. Hey guys, how are you doing today? Thanks again for having me on. Yeah, yeah, we're we're doing pretty well. You know, we we talk pigweed control, and it's easy for us to jump into corn and soybeans that we're raising on the farm here. Uh, but there's some other crops that it's that it's kind of tough to control pigweed in. What would you say is the hardest crops that you're working with for for controlling pigweeds? Well, we you know we do have corn and beans here, but we're also our bigger crops are cotton and peanuts, and so those are the two that we focus on the most uh, when we're delivering our messages across the the uh, the winter time, so it can be a little bit more challenging, I think, in cotton and peanuts. But I think we have some good programs that uh, we have put together over the years that work very well. All right, talk to us about cotton then. Where where do you like mm-hmm. to start? What what can you put down that can take care of this pigweed before it comes up? Well, I think I think the one of the couple of things before we get to that part, we always want to make sure we're starting clean. I think the uh, the biggest problem we run into sometimes with pigweed control is the failure to start clean. If we have a uh, if we put out an early pre-plant burn down, for example, and there's a delay between when you put that burn down out and when you actually plant, and you get another flush of pigweed and you don't realize it until you get back in the field and you get there and you got six-inch tall pigweed perhaps, and then that gets a hard something hard to do. So starting clean is the most important thing we can do, and if we don't start there, then everything else is going to be a train wreck after that. And so that's our first step. But then in cotton, you know, we're using different things. Um, Mostly we're using a lot of reflex and a lot of warrant at planting. That's probably the two most widely used herbicides at planting. And then depending on the technology, then we're going to come in later on um, with whatever technology and, and throw down some more residuals, probably some dual. Uh, but again, it focuses a lot on the residual component, as your previous speaker, spokers mentioned, is that having those overlapping residuals. Okay. How about in peanuts? Peanuts, so we rely a lot on uh, Valor for a lot of our pigweed control. It's interesting when Valor first got registered in peanut, we were touting its praises because of Florida beggar weed. At that time, that was our number one weed. And then pigweed slowly took its or quickly took its place. And uh, it's it's become the dominant herbicide that we use at planting time. And we'll, we'll tend to mix that with a yellow herbicide like Prow or Sonoland because of some of our unique grass problems. But the, the bulk of the uh, Residual pigweed control was coming from Valor, and then we also use a lot of uh, dual or warrant or even Zidua now in our peanuts for uh, residual control. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, you know, that, that kind of is very similar to what we're doing on, on soybeans. A lot of the things that you mentioned there are products that uh, for soybean farmers everywhere, they're, they're familiar with all those names that you just put yeah. out there. So as we're rotating, yeah. this crop rotation is going to get to be a big deal too. How, what rotation are most growers in Georgia doing with corn and soybeans, cotton, and peanuts? Well, what, I, I, I forgot to mention one, one other thing about peanuts that's unique. We can use Paraquat in crop at a at a rate that's good enough to give us pigweed control but not enough to hurt the crop. So that's been extremely beneficial in our rotations um, with with cotton and peanuts where we can sneak some paraquat in there to really break up that, that cycle of uh, over-relying on the PPOs. We are worried about the PPOs because, as I mentioned, we're using Valorin 
in peanuts and we're using uh, reflexing cotton. We also use Valor pre-planting cotton, so we've got to watch. Uh, and then we, the biggest advantage for our rotation is the corn. Uh, if we grow corn in rotation, we're going to use some other herbicides that don't rely on the PPO products, uh, things like Liberty perhaps or maybe Loudus or uh, Havix GT. Um, uh, those kind of compounds are, are, are helping us break up the cycle in a corn rotation with our peanuts and cotton. Yeah, we love that up here, too, about the corn rotation, getting mm-hmm. some different things out there that we're not using up in our broadleaf crops. Been yeah, that's, t- a, that, that's a great way to get pigweed control. The other thing for us with corn is we, have, we plant so early and we get our corn off in late July. That gives us, if we're not planting a fall crop, we, that gives us a chance to do something something sure, corn with, harvest to with, help. with a cover crop too. Hey Eric, thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. Are you combining around weed patches, waiting for weeds to dry down, or tired of spring burndown failures? Save time, nutrients, and moisture by including a Valor herbicide brand in your fall burndown program. Valor provides excellent residual control of tough weeds, including kochia, mare's tail, prickly lettuce, dandelion, plus suppression of bromes. Proactive, effective weed resistance management starts in the fall. Get a clean start for your next season with Valor Herbicide Brands. Always read and follow label directions. For generations, your family has given their all to create a farming legacy. The fields now in your care are a heavy responsibility to sustain. You can't control when or how rain falls, but you can ensure your fields remain productive by taking water drainage into your own hands with the SoilMax Gold Digger Tile Plow. SoilMax Tile Plows bring a quick return in dollars, but no ROI is greater than a family's farming future. Let SoilMax ensure your greatest investment continues. Visit SoilMax.com to learn more. Your grain bin fans can cost you a lot. High electric bills from running when conditions are not ideal, shrinkage from overdried grain, and spoiled grain all take money out of your pocket. With the Steps GMS app temperature humidity switch, get your bin fans to start making you money. Only run vans when the conditions are right. Eliminate shrink and spoilage in your bins. Deliver grain in top condition at market moisture. When every dollar counts, you need Steps GMS. Contact us today at stepsgms.com. Worried about glyphosate-resistant weeds and grasses in your corn? Unleash the power of new Impact Z herbicide and get the early post-application advantage you've been waiting for. Save $3 per acre when you combine Impact Z with a qualifying insecticide purchase. Go to buy2save3.com for details. Buy2save3 is a service mark and Impact Z is a trademark owned by Amvac Chemical Corporation. All rights reserved. Impact Z is a restricted-use pesticide. Always read and follow label instructions. Find your full potential and increase your bottom line with branded generic fungicides from Atticus LLC. Fungal diseases can be devastating, but Acadia, Slant, and Talaris 4.5F from Atticus deliver lasting, broad-spectrum fungi control so your soybeans, sugar beets, and dry beans can thrive. Growers across the region count on Atticus for relevant and reliable products that deliver results every time. Ask your local retailer about Atticus products and visit AtticusLLC.com to learn more. For value-based solutions you can trust, turn to Atticus. Always read and follow label instructions. As your corn crop grows and the ear begins to form, potassium is at a high demand, almost as high as nitrogen. The same is true for soybeans with similar high demands of potassium during pod fill. Don't fall behind and ensure your crop is getting its potassium with Catalyst. Catalyst by Actigrow has been shown to be the best at entering the leaf when compared to other leading potassium products. Visit k-supercharged.com for more information.
Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, trying to solve this pigweed control issue. If you've got questions for us, please give us a call at 844-44-AG-PHD or send us an email, radio at agphd.com. Got Dan Waldstein on with us right now with BASF. Dan, thanks for joining us. Yeah, good to be talking with you today. Now, I remember at the Ag PhD Field Day a couple of years back working with you, and we, we had an untreated check uh, in amongst some new uh, Extend trials where we're using Ingenia. And I remember thinking uh, early in the season, I wonder what we're going to get for weed pressure out there. We had plenty of weed pressure, and uh, the check was was uh, definitely eye-catching. And then, of course, you saw we used the Ingenia, and it looked great. Uh, talk to us about how that product's evolved and, and what you're seeing in the Extend system for weed control with, with products like Ingenia. Yeah, well, Ingenia has been just a fantastic tool for uh, going after resistant water hemp and in and, and some areas that have Palmer, great tool for Palmer as well. And so, um, you know, we're, we're always looking at uh, using residuals. Um, and I know we've talked a lot about that, even that sound like earlier in the program there, the importance of getting a residual chemistry in there. Um, so for us, as far as pigweed, problem pigweeds, there's really no better option than Zidua. I mean, that that's really our, our workhorse residual when it comes to trying to control water hemp and palmer. Yeah, you've got some great products. I, I talked to a lot of guys that really like the Sharpen chemistry, and I know there's a number of different crops where you can use that. We're certainly seeing Zidua getting labeled in uh, a variety of crops as well. So you've got some versatile tools there. What's the difference with those products? What do you What do you see out in the field? Yeah, Zidua is an interesting chemistry. So um, it's not quite as water-soluble as, as Outlook herbicide, for example. Um, but it also doesn't bind as tightly to soil uh, particles and clay and, and some of those uh, compounds in the soil. And so Zidua tends to do a good job of staying in that top part of the soil, um, even under really wet conditions. We've seen some pretty good results here when we've had some wet years. And typically when you get several inches of rain, that residual gets pushed down below the weed germination zone. That Zidua chemistry does a good job of just hanging in there where it needs to stay in really doing a good job on, on pigweed and, and grass control as well. All right, let's talk uh, Let's talk about corn a little bit because we've talked to several of our guests today who have said, man, you just have to do a good job in corn. It's really important. Uh, our favorite chemistry on pigweed has been status over the years. Talk to us about how that's different. And for the guy that says, well, I'm using Ingenia in my soybeans, should I feel comfortable using status as my corn product? Yeah, status is really unique because it has the dicamba in there, uh, but it also has this uh, DFFP, or the full name Diflufenzapir, um, and, and it's really kind of unique in the sense that the dicamba goes at uh, uh, the plant and, and works kind of like a plant growth hormone, causes the wheat to kind of grow itself to death. So in response to that, the wheat tries to flush that dicamba chemistry away from the sensitive growing point. What the DFFP does, that second ingredient status, is it actually locks it in. It's a transport inhibitor, so it locks that dicamba in those sensitive growing points. And that's why you can use a much lower rate of status and get much better results, especially on big weeds, which uh, unfortunately we're up against oftentimes when we get uh, you know challenging weather conditions. All right. When we, we talk about uh, residuals and overlapping residuals, uh, what, what have you found that's worked for growers that are interested in doing this in soybeans and other crops? 
Yeah, so for soybeans, our, our lead recommendation is Zidrua Pro, and we, we talk about kind of resistance management all in one jug there. We've got three different sites of action there, really broad spectrum, overlap and control, different chemistries, so again, with different soil types and different rainfall amounts, you can still get good success over quite a wide range of environmental conditions. So that's really our platform to start with. And then we come back with either an Ingenia or Liberty, depending on the seed system, and making sure we get a residual, you know, like Zidua or Outlook with that. And uh, I think uh, oftentimes it's two and done when you do it right in that, that type of manner. Yeah, I agree. And you've got such excellent post-emerge choices now. You mentioned Liberty, and we really haven't spent enough time talking about Liberty and how that's such a key uh, key player in multiple crops in different timings as well. That's been really nice to have. And certainly what, what you've got going on with the auctions with products like Ingenia as well has been a really nice tool the last few years uh, for, for so many growers. And Dan, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. been talking with Dan Waldstein with BASF. Uh, Dan, good luck to you here the rest of the season. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. So just to wrap up here on pigweed control, I'll give you a few quick summaries. First of all, soybeans is the most important one in the Midwest anyway. When it comes to the, the question, are we concerned most about corn, soybeans, or wheat, soybeans is number one. We'd really encourage you plant extend or enlist soybeans so you have additional post-emerge options to kill pigweed. Start for sure with three effective modes of action. That probably means Valor Authority, a PPO, Metribuzin, and a yellow trifluralin. Now you may say, hey, how about a group 15? Look, I'd rather have you save that group 15. And by group 15, I mean Outlook, Warrant, Zidua, Dual, those kind of products. Save that for early post. Let's face it, you're already using a group 15 in your corn. I already want you to use a group 15 early post to give you give you even more residual on this pigweed. So if you tell me pigweed's a disaster, I can't control it, I'm going to tell you I absolutely can help you control it 100%. Here's how we do it. We do three effective modes of action pre, not a group 15 pre. We save that group 15 for early post. Okay. So anyway, where I was going with that is if you use the group 15 in corn and you use it twice in soybeans, that's a lot. Where You're putting a lot of pressure on the group 15. Let's use the three effective modes of action we've already got, yellow, metribuzin, PPO. Let's get that done early and get that done pre. Okay. Then group 15. Oh, and by the way, you can use all three of those effective modes of action in no-till or conventional till. I don't care. It's just conventional till. We're talking trifluralin. In no-till, we're talking prowl. Those would be the two choices for yellow. So anyway, then early post, you come with a group 15. Plus, if it's me and you tell me, hey, I've got a disaster for, for pigweed, I'm going to say throw some Flexstar in there. All right. Or you can do the combination of like Warrant Ultra or the premix of Warrant Ultra. That's Warrant and Flexstar. Or let's say it's Anthem Max. So you've got uh, Cadet together with Zidua. It just It's same modes of action. All right. But anyway, get a group 15 out with another PPO. Okay, so now you've got four different modes of action already and five different herbicides working on that pigweed. Then on top of that, later on, you're going to come with, if you still want to throw some Roundup in there, even if your pigweed's Roundup resistant, you can do that. Otherwise, you've got Dicamba, 2,4-D, 
Liberty. You certainly could use some Cobra. You got Ultra Blazer. I mean, there are a lot of choices. Obviously, it all depends on which trait you're using. But that's why I say, if it was me, I'd pick Enlist or Extend so I have more options. Okay, then when it comes to corn, it's really not that difficult. Here again, we'd like to start with a good program pre-emerge. So what I would tell you, I mean, my, my favorite would be Verdict because Sharpen is really, really good. And then I've got a group 15. Okay, then you come post-emerge. Personally, I like status plus a little bit of atrazine the best, but using an HPPD along with a little bit of atrazine is just fine too. Okay, and typically when you've got a couple modes of action pre, got a couple modes of action post, you're going to clean up the uh, the water hemp, palmer pigweed, any pigweed species you've got. Then if we go to wheat, I would tell you start with sharpen. And I realize you may say, what? I've never used a pre in wheat. Look, use a pre in wheat. If you've got kochia, you've got pigweed, any broadleaf weed, just use a pre. And you could burn down, certainly, with Roundup, but... Roundup may not kill every weed, number one. You don't want to use a 2,4-D or dicamba. That's too hard in the wheat. So throw some sharpen in there. I mean, just make sure the wheat's not up. But if you go Roundup and sharpen, that's amazing. And the sharpen's going to give you some good residual. So anyway, use some sharpen. That'll control most of your pigweed or, and kochia, all those weeds. And then you follow post-emerge with something like husky, and you should be in real good shape. Now, Husky, I would just tell you, it's an HPPD and Buckcho. Buckcho is a little weak on the pigweed species, but the HPPD should clean everything up. And keep in mind, with the thick crop canopy you have in wheat, pigweed species usually aren't a real big problem anyway. All right, uh, we are going to get to your questions in the Ag PhD mailbag coming up next. There's a new authority in town. New Authority Supreme Herbicide from FMC combines the best-in-class Group 14 PPO herbicide with the newest Group 15 herbicide for lasting residual control of water hemp, palmer amaranth, kochia, pigweed, and other tough, resistant weeds. This exclusive liquid premix of single-application chemistries protects your soybeans from pre-plant to harvest. It also protects your bottom line. Authority Supreme Herbicide qualifies for the agronomic and economic incentives of the FMC Freedom Pass program. Rule your soybean fields with more authority than ever before with Authority Supreme Herbicide from FMC. More powerful preventative control isn't on the horizon, it's here. Visit your FMC retailer or fmccrop.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions, restrictions, and precautions for use. Authority Supreme Herbicide is not registered for sale or use in California. FMC and Authority are trademarks of FMC Corporation or an affiliate. When it comes to my weed control, I know a head start can go a long way. That's why I spray early, so I can keep control all season long with a Roundup Ready Extend Crop System. The system that makes the difference. This is my field. Choose the Roundup Ready Extend crop system for control of more weeds than any other soybean system. Featuring Extendamax herbicide with vapor grip technology to manage tough to control weeds, including up to 14 days of soil activity, along with the field proven performance of Roundup Ready to Extend soybeans. Now you have the right tools to extend your weed control and extend your yield with the system that makes the difference. Learn how you can put the system to work in your field when you visit RoundupReadyExtend.com. 
Extendamax is a restricted-use pesticide. Performance may vary. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Check local regulations for specific requirements in your state. Every farmer knows that in order to be profitable, you need to maximize the return on your crop input investments. Hi, I'm Scott Harms, an agri specialist with Grain PhD. Without an effective and flexible strategy, your grain marketing plan gets stuck in the mud. With Grain PhD, you get the clarity and guidance a solid marketing plan needs. Our free GrainBridge software simplifies your cost profit analysis, and our risk specialists are here to help you develop your plan. Sign up today at grainphd.com. If your fertilizers aren't formulated to maximize your efficiency, if you can't mix all the PK and micros your crop needs into one prescription application, if you have to add products to improve and invigorate your soil biology, then you need to expect more from your fertilizer. With AgroLiquid's advanced technology, you can expect more, a lot more. Make the most of your crop nutrition. With AgroLiquid, to find a crop nutrition expert near you, visit agroliquid.com. Come on in. The Ag PhD mailbag is about to begin. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We are in the Ag PhD mailbag right now, uh, digging through your emails, tweets uh, uh, that we've gotten in so far. You can catch up with us, radio at agphd.com with a question, or on Twitter, Ag PhD Media, Brian Hefty or Darren Hefty. Or you can just give us a call. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. All right. Uh, last week, we had a question from Tony up in Ontario, Canada, uh, asking about a couple of different things he was doing with fertility. But he also had a question about boron that we didn't get to. And he said, uh, I want to, first of all, I want to say thanks for the info that you've given me so far. I'm wondering, what's your boron level recommendation for soybeans and corn? I'm currently at 0.6 parts per million. My cation exchange capacity, mostly in the upper teens to mid-20s. But I've got some ground as light as 10 CEC. And I've got organic matters ranging anywhere from three to five. Okay, so usually when we're talking corn and soybeans with boron, we will say two to three parts per million for, I'd call it, average yields, maybe even slightly above average. Now, it's more important on the corn than it is on the beans to have that kind of level, but that's that's pretty much what we would like to see. Now, certainly, you can, if let's say you have really light soil, you got tons of rain, you're going to leach it through so fast, you can add more as the season goes along. It's just really expensive to add it that way. It costs, and I'm just going to throw this out over off the top of my head. I don't remember exactly, but I'm going to say six times as much to go liquid foliar as opposed to putting dry in the soil to build your ground. But again, you can't build all ground. Now, in your case, the 15, 20, 30 CEC, yep, fine. The 10 CEC, it's going to start to be a little marginal. It, it's just in your area when you're cold, you've got that as, as an advantage and drier, you have that as an advantage too, to not leaching that boron out. So here's the other thing. This is all dependent on where are you at for all your other nutrients. In other words, if you're lacking NP and K, well, it doesn't do you any good to have three parts per million of boron. So what we often will say to people is, let's let's fix 
the first things first. pH should always be first. Then you're going to start taking a look at NP and K. And then you start moving into some of the other nutrients. Now, you know, uh, you want to look at the big picture. You always want to do full, complete soil tests and see where you're at. But yeah, it does sound to me like boron's a little bit limiting for you. So I would you can certainly try a little bit foliar. You can try a little bit broadcast. You can do a number of different things out there and just see what works for you. But if you start running some of your own trials and your own farms, split fields or whatever, then you're going to find out pretty soon, hey, was boron a yield limiting factor right now at my current yield, my current fertility program, or was it not? For us, it has been. And so we've continued to try to bump those numbers up. Hey, thanks for the question, Tony. I really appreciate that. I got one from AB up in north central North Dakota, just south of the Canadian border. Uh, AB says, I had uh, urea and phosphorus blend spread over 260 acres with the intention to incorporate it a couple inches deep. Unfortunately, with the lovely fall that we've had this year, I think fall might even be a stretch. I don't I don't think I'll get it incorporated at all. So my question today is what percentage loss am I looking at and will I need to side dress some in next year? You know, so you think about that, why haven't you gotten back out to do the tillage because you had snow and because you had rain. So we got snow and rain on urea, Brian. How much snow or rain does it take to make it 100% safe, or can it make it 100% safe? Well, no nitrogen is ever 100% safe. But in terms of volatility loss, if he had rain or snow and a significant amount, I'm talking more than half an inch of rain, or that'd be six inches of snow, if he had more than that, within 48 hours after he applied the urea, then he probably didn't lose any or very little to volatility. It got down into the ground. So in terms of incorporation, we're talking about two totally different things here when we say urea and phosphorus. The phosphorus, the reason why you want to get that incorporated, it's not you're going to lose it to volatilization or anything else. It's just when it's laying on the soil surface, and by the way, it did not move down with all that rain you had. I don't care if you had 10 inches of rain, it still didn't move down. Um, it's on the soil surface, so now you're at risk for losing it to erosion, number one. And number two, it's not where the roots need it. So that's your concern on the phosphorus. With the it, Now, if you want to work the ground in the spring, fine. Okay, So if you get the opportunity, that'd be great. Now, the urea, it's in the ground right now. The problem is it's going to be in the nitrate form, and we're really worried about losing that from here on out. So the best thing that can happen to you is that the ground totally freezes up right now. When it thaws out in the spring, you're planting the next day, and then most of that nitrogen will still be there, and you're fine. If you have a month yet before it frees up, if you have a, if you don't plant whatever crop you're going to plant until a month after the thaw in the spring, then you're going to need a lot more nitrogen. All right, thanks for the question. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough deal when uh, when the weather goes against you, but that's one of the chances you take as you as you're farming for sure. All right, got one here from GE who says, we put ammonium thiosulfate on through our center pivot. It's worked pretty slick for us, other than that it smells a little bit. Uh, what What's your impression of putting ammonium thiosulfate through the center pivot? Is there another product that could do the same thing for less money? Uh, well, there are many companies 
who sell liquid fertilizer. So you can talk to them and their opinions on things. We, I know, like for us, we use a lot of agri-liquid product, and they're going to tell you, hey, yeah, we've got something that would be a little bit better than ammonium thiosulfate. But I'm just saying, uh, you know, in general, putting fertilizer through the pivot, we are in favor of. But you certainly have to be aware of the potential damage that can do to your equipment over time. Use the product carefully. Make sure you're not over-applying. Uh, make sure you are still getting enough out there and it's getting applied, you know, to the level or near the level that you want because, I mean, a center pivot, it just depends on how that thing is managed. What I'm, where I'm going with this is we, want, we just want to make sure that we have even application across the field. Like when you're taking a sprayer across and you say, hey, I'm going to get five gallons of this on every single acre, I feel pretty comfortable that every single acre of that field will get five gallons. Well, if you want to get five gallons through your pivot, is every single acre getting five gallons? That I don't know. And are you losing any when it's a hot sunny day to evaporation? Are you losing any to, or, or are you having uneven application because certain nozzles aren't working right? Or um, you're missing corners or whatever? You, you know where I'm going with that. But is ammonium thiosulfate a pretty decent product? Yes, we have used a lot on our farm over the years as well. All right, thanks for that question. Uh, got one from TT who says, "Do you have any fear of Roundup, uh, like like some others do in the media and beyond?" No, um, I don't know why I would. Roundup has been proven not to cause cancer, and you know you gotta you gotta remember there's all kinds of propaganda out there, and there are all kinds of people who are trying to just make money. So that's why all these lawyers are putting out ads and everything else. They're going to make money one way or the other. Even if everything completely fails and it gets thrown out as we predict because it's been proven to not cause cancer, guess what? Lawyers still get their fees. Lawyers still make money. So, and think about the company to just to defend things. Um, they've got to spend money on lawyers. So lawyers are going to get rich off this whole deal. Nobody else is. And it's a complete waste of time, in my opinion. So no, Roundup's been proven to not cause cancer. So I'm not too worried about it. Nevertheless, I mean, if all of a sudden as a country we decide not to use Roundup, I don't care that much. We have plenty of other options. Yep, we sure do. Hey, thanks for the thanks for the question, though. I really appreciate that. Um, Brian, uh, you know, just any last comments you've got on harvest? We get a lot. We've had several questions come in. How are you guys coming with harvest? What are you learning this fall? Sure. Uh, it, for our farm, yields are down. It was a really tough year. Uh, we had some great fields, but we had some other fields where we have lots of tile, but still not enough for double normal rainfall. River, the river took out 150 acres of our soybeans in September when it came out of its banks and flowed over the fields. I can't prevent things like that. Uh, we had tremendous disease pressure. So our, our, let's put it this way. Our fungicide trials turned out phenomenally well. Our fungicide really, really paid. I just wish we would have done it on every single acre and multiple treatments. Uh, you know, that, that's probably the number one thing I would say is fungicide. And also, if you got planted early, that was obviously a big deal, really big deal this year. All right. Thanks for all the questions that came in today. We really appreciate each of them. And, of course, if you have a question for us, you can always email us, radio at agphd.com. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio. Now stay tuned for Rob Sharkey and Shark Farmer Radio.